Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Thank you so much for joining us on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. Delighted to have you on board. We come to you every week with a look at medical and mental health issues that affect seniors and their families. And along with my co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, we are delighted to be with you. Dr. Charles graduated from the University of North Texas Healthcare Health Science Center at Fort Worth, Texas College of Osteopathic Medicine. She did her residency at the Corpus Christi Family Medicine Residency Program, and she's worked with WellMed at the Ingram location as a PCP since 2015. And we are delighted to be here with Dr. Charles. It's been almost two years, Dr. Charles. We have played this game and done WellMed Radio together, and it's been great. Really appreciate it. We're going to take up an issue uh, that I, I think most of us don't pay much attention to unless we have a problem that causes pain, and that's kidneys. That's right. Um, so uh, chronic kidney disease is actually very common, and it's something we screen for in our routine visits. Um, but I know that we're going to talk a little bit more in depth on health of the kidneys and chronic kidney disease in general. So we're, we've got a guest today that we're going to talk to about that. Well, we are delighted to welcome uh, Samantha Erb. Uh, Dr. Erb is a physician at the Optum Tyrone Clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida. Earned her medical degree from Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine, Seton Hill in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Completed her residency at Northside Hospital in St. Petersburg, Florida. Dr. Erb is a member of the American College of Physicians and is board certified by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Osteopathic Board of Internal Medicine as well. And we're delighted to have Samantha with us. Thanks for joining us. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm delighted to have two osteopaths with us on the same show. That's pretty cool. Uh, what led you into that area of medicine? You know, I've, when I applied to medical school, I applied to both MD programs and DO programs. Um, was perfectly happy to get into either one just because either, either way, your doctor is well-trained in anatomy, well-trained in physiology, knows all of the organ systems, and is ready to treat you. Um, the DOs have a little bit extra training in some muscular skeletal, which is a nice tool to have in your toolbox. But either way, if your doctor's a DO or an MD, they're ready to take care of you, I promise. Well, having spent these uh, many months with Dr. Charles, I'm convinced that uh, my next PCP as I move on uh, ought to be a DO. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. Now, uh, Dr. Erb, one of the topics that uh, we had talked with you about, uh, talking about on the show today is kidney health. And what Dr. Charles mentioned was the kind of chronic kidney problems that a lot of folks suffer. Give us a little overview on our kidneys, the 411. A little overview on your kidneys. You know, I kidneys are an organ that I think a lot of people don't think about until things go wrong with them. And then you, they tend to think of kidney infections or having a UTI. But I don't think that feel like kidneys are really your underappreciated organ. Nobody really appreciates all the cool things they do for you until they stop doing those things. Um, That's the Rodney Dangerfield of organs. They get no respect. Exactly. <laughs> you know, your offensive line and your football, you don't realize that they're gone until they're gone. 
Um, kidneys are regulating your body fluid levels. Um, they keep the pH of your body correct. They fix some of the electrolytes that can get out of whack. They, they're a big filter. They activate your vitamin D. They do all sorts of things. And, you know, we want to make sure we take care of them and help them do their jobs. I don't want to let that reference go by because obviously you are a knowledgeable football fan because not everybody understands the team goes where the offensive line leads them. And that was a pretty good analogy. <laughs> Thank you. One of the things that I, 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 I don't believe most people understand as well is the relationship between blood pressure and the kidneys. There is. Now, um, you need enough blood pressure to make sure that blood gets to your kidneys, but not so much blood pressure that it you know, starts harming the kidneys. Um, what your kidneys do is filter all of the blood that goes through them. Now, um, just to put that into perspective, your kidneys filter for a normal-sized human about 200 liters of fluid a day. Um, so three times a day, your kidneys have to um, filter all of your blood. That's a lot that you're asking out of them. Um, when you have high blood pressure, it starts constricting some of those small arteries that go through your kidneys, and that makes it harder for them to do your job. So that's why we want to make sure that we keep an eye on your blood pressure and why your primary care might be pestering you about your blood pressure more often than you'd like them to. Now stay with me just a minute. I want to let folks know who may have just joined us. You're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Maurice Charles. And on our WellMed Radio hotline from down in the great state of Florida, we're talking with Dr. Samantha Erb. And Dr. Erb, uh, we have two kidneys uh, but we can live on one. So I wonder what Mother Nature's plan was. Why a backup? I can't speak for Mother Nature on that one, but you know, you can go down to one for a while. There's a lot of people out there that have just one kidney, but if you have two, let's, let's protect both of them. And when it comes to kidney damage and a need for a transplant, uh, unlike the heart, you can be a live kidney donor. You can, that is not my area of expertise, but you can be a live kidney donor if you know the person that is the recipient fits certain criteria and then you can live on with one kidney for the rest of your life and um, let your recipient who will be very grateful um, have that renal function back. Now, do you or Dr. Charles have any patients who have been recipients of a donated kidney? I've taken care of a few in the hospital when I was a resident, but I don't know that I have any kidney transplant patients right now. Marisa? I, know, um, I definitely have taken care of a couple of patients that have received kidney transplants over the years. Um, I do have one right now that, that I'm taking care of um, who's doing very well, but it was a, actually a family member that was able to um, donate the kidney for them. So. And they stay on medication the rest of their lives to Just prevent to rejection. Just to make sure they don't reject the, right. the donor kidney. But it's not not super common, but obviously something that, that can be done in certain situations. We see a lot more people on dialysis. And um, dialysis, for those who don't know, uh, Dr. Erb, uh, it, it's something where uh, mechanically you clean the blood rather than the kidneys cleaning the blood. Uh, how often does someone have to go for dialysis? It depends on the type of dialysis. For the most common that you hear about, hemodialysis, where people's blood gets um, filtered through a machine every, it's usually about three times a week for about four hours a day. There's another version of it that's less common where 
they can do dialysis through your belly actually. And that's every night, but I don't really see that as often. I don't know about you, Dr. Charles. And without that dialysis, they would die. Yes. Talk to us about how to keep our kidneys healthy then, because, uh, and we, then we can go through some of the diseases, but uh, what's the best way to maintain kidney health? The, if I had to pick, I can't pick just one. I'm going to pick two here. Um, the first one would be making sure you're staying hydrated. And the second would be keeping an eye on your blood pressure. So drink a lot of water. You know, a lot, but not as much as you right. might it, think, maybe. <laughs> well, um, it is possible to overdo it with anything. But um, most people, I would, I would think, don't get quite enough fluids in a day. So, yes, definitely increasing water. Um, and, and water, and we have so many patients that only drink, I don't know, sodas or, you know, other um, drinks and, and not enough actual water. So definitely encourage the water drinking. And yeah, like Dr. Herb said, um, high blood pressure is one of the biggest um, diseases that damages the kidney, in addition to diabetes, which are two very common conditions that we take care of. Now, a lot of us like a target. So uh, if we're talking eight ounce glasses of water, uh, is there a round number, uh, a best guess that we ought to be drinking a day? It's, you know, the number that you see thrown around a lot is eight glasses of water. And that's probably a decent target for a lot of people. Um, another thing you can look at and is, you know, looking at how much you're urinating and making sure that when you do pee, that it's, you know, light yellow to clear. And if you're seeing that you have really dark urine, you probably aren't drinking enough water. At one of the well-med clinics that I go to, they've got a sign hanging in the restroom showing different colors of urine uh, and indicating if your urine looks like this, talk to your doctor now. That's good advice. Uh, and if it's clear, that's a good thing. Um, cl clear to light yellow. If it's super clear like water, you might've gone a little too far. Oh. Yeah, well, I always overdo it. If, if eight glasses are good, why not 10, right? Sure. Um, well, you know, because there's different conditions and different medications. You know, some people that have heart disease, for example, don't do that well if they have too much fluid and are constantly having to take medication to help get the extra fluid out. Um, so there's always a balance. But um, yeah, I, I think I stick with that number as well, about eight glasses a day. Now, you know, you think eight glasses, but eight, eight ounce glasses. So if it's a 16 ounce bottle of water four of those a day should be plenty, but if Remember it's 64 really, ounces of water, right. About 64 ounces. But if it's really hot and you're outside and you're sweating, that may not be enough. Um, you know, so that's another thing to consider. You may actually, if you're thirsty, you should drink. Now, my wife, who is younger than I, maintains that older people like me, I'm 79, don't really sweat much. Is that true? Old folks sweat less? I'm not sure. I've, I, I've, I can't say I've heard that one. No. Well, that, that's a, yeah, you know, not to do a stereotype, I mean, but that's more, an old wives tale. Maybe so. I mean, if it has more to do with the skin being a little bit more dry, um, but I mean, I think people still sweat. You know, I don't, I don't think I've heard that one either. Yeah, because if you um, don't, it's other... not a good thing. Right, right. Interesting. Um, well, talk us through the various diseases that can affect the kidney, and we'll do that in just a minute. I'll let you get your thoughts together. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and our Wellman Radio Hotline guest, Dr. Samantha Erb. You find her at the Optum Care Clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida. You're listening 
to WellMed Radio. Nervous about going to see the doctor? At WellMed, many patients can see a doctor from the comfort of home with My Health Light Now. Enjoy a secure private medical appointment using a computer, smartphone, or tablet. You can even get same-day appointments. Go to www.myhealthlightnow.com to register or download the My Health Light Now app. Interested in becoming a WellMed patient? Visit discoverwellmed.com. We are so pleased you were sticking with us right here on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, having a great conversation with Dr. Samantha Erb. She's at the Optum Clinic in Tyrone, at, at Tyrone in St. Petersburg, Florida, and we're delighted to have her with us talking about kidneys and kidney health, and we've covered quite a bit. I want to switch, if we can, Dr. Erb, to the various types of diseases that can affect the kidney and then what we can do to prevent them. Uh, as far as diseases that can affect your fit kidneys, I'd say the number one is diabetes. Um, number two is hypertension. After that, you get into thing. you know, if you have high cholesterol, you're at risk for the same things that everyone else is. So heart disease, kidney disease, those are both from cholesterol. And we keep an eye out for kidney stones as well. And how does diabetes affect the kidney? So diabetes, when you have high sugar in the blood, that sugar attacks a lot of the vessels and those damage to the vessels over time makes the vessels in your kidney not work as well and makes it harder for them to do their job being a filter and keeping um, your water levels right and doing all those things that they do for you. And you had mentioned high blood pressure, hypertension. Uh, that has a tremendous impact on the kidney. What about stress, everyday stress? You know, I haven't heard about stress and your kidney directly, but I'm sure that the way stress impacts your body and all the rest of the ways, I'm sure it can affect your kidneys because if you're stressed, you're probably having a higher blood pressure and not giving your kidneys enough, you know, you're stressing your kidneys out that way. You might not be drinking enough water. You might be drinking things that aren't water. Um, I'm sure that stress is all of the, can affect your kidneys indirectly. So what we need to do is put a label on every other drink that says not water. That probably would help. Uh, and when you look at the high sugar content in sodas, uh, that's a threat as well to the kidney. Absolutely. And then what about diet drinks? A lot of people think, oh, well, I got rid of the sugar. I'm good now. I'm drinking a diet drink or one of the new zero drinks. I mean, I have to admit I am guilty of drinking some of those as well. Um, but overall, I'd rather you had that than some of the sugary drinks, It's not, especially if you're a diabetic but the water is the one we can recommend the most. Unsweet tea also works, but go for water. Water is great. Unsweet tea. The not, yeah, the I, not fun kind. Right. right. Well, unfortunately, you know, a lot of restaurants, the default is when you order iced tea, they serve sweet tea. So right. you have to aggressively say unsweet. And in here in Florida, they don't always have the not sweet tea. So you got to ask. Seriously. Only so, the sweet tea. Wow. Uh, <laughs> now, what about alcohol? Because there are a whole lot of folks 
who may slot, you know, slug down a couple of beers a day. Uh, does alcohol impact the kidney? Alcohol impacts everything. Um, everything in moderation, a beer a day isn't bad, um, depending in, for most people anyway. But I wouldn't, you know, any too much alcohol is going to be bad for any system in your body. And I just wanted to add that alcohol does not count as a clear liquid. It doesn't count as water. Please don't hydrate with it. Even though it's perfectly clear, right? I, I, you know, it's confusing like that. And I've had to specify before. So now I always make a point to mention that. Yeah, but the vodka I drink is absolutely clear, doctor. And sweet tea isn't. It's very confusing. We doctors need to work on our labeling there. Exactly. Uh, and, and as you think about the number of patients you see and uh, you see, Dr. Charles, uh, is kidney, are kidney problems a common issue you face? Absolutely. Um, so we screen for kidney disease, you know, as part of our routine yearly um, labs that we do because it is so common and a lot of people won't have a lot of symptoms. And so we have to use the lab work um, to identify, especially in its earlier stages, the kidney disease. So we'll do urine testing to make sure you're not spilling protein, and then we'll do the blood test. And those can signal to us if there is any underlying kidney issues. And really, we screen everybody, even though we specifically know that we definitely want to screen diabetics and people with hypertension. But as a general rule, we, we try to look and make sure that the renal function is normal. Now, you used an inside baseball term, spilling protein, which means? So when your kidneys are under stress from high blood pressure or from too much sugar in the blood, um, they are a filtration system, right? And that's one thing that Dr. Erb had mentioned a couple of times. So those tiny microscopic filters that are cleaning the blood out are supposed to help maintain some very tiny microscopic proteins inside in the blood and not in the urine. They're filtering and those are supposed to stay inside and the urine should not have any of that protein in it. Um, when your kidneys have been stressed, from all any and all of those conditions, sometimes we'll start to see some of those little protein molecules spill out into the urine and we can measure that, so. And when that happens, what do you tell the patient and how do you treat that? Dr. Herb? So we watch out for that mostly with diabetic patients, but with any sort of kidney patients as well. Um, we tell you, you know, the same things we've already been telling you about hydrating, about making sure we're controlling your blood pressure. One of the ways we are going to control your blood pressure is going to be with medications and specifically medications in these classes called ACE inhibitors, which is um, and angiotensin receptin blockers, which are fancy terms for medicines that help more blood get to your kidney which lowers your blood pressure and helps your kidneys do that job of being a filter and all the other things they're supposed to do. And as you talk with your patients about being kind to their kidneys, what kind of reception do you get? Are they pretty receptive to this? You know, for the most part, they are. I, Dr. Charles was talking before about how common this is. And I just wanted to reiterate that Almost half of adults, by the time you get over age 70, fit the criteria for chronic kidney disease. So this is really common. But the good news is, is that very few of those patients 
end up going on to need dialysis or needing a kidney transplant, like you said, if it's really just age-related kidney disease. So I just wanted to reassure our, reassure our listeners about that, that we want to protect your kidneys, but we don't want to terrify you about your kidneys. So um, once you hit that 70 mark, you are at risk for kidney disease. You're at risk. And that's why we want to talk to you about, we don't want to alarm you about them, but we want to make sure you're taking good care of them. Now, I was kidding you off air while we were in our break. Uh, you said one of the things you wanted to mention was salt. And I said, no, 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 don't bring up salt. <laughs> Nobody wants to bring up salt. So bring um, it up. Go ahead. Go for okay. it. You know, the, a low sodium diet is probably the best thing you can do for your kidneys. Um, your heart doctors will probably agree about it being a good thing to do for your heart as well. Um, one of the, your kidneys balancing salt is a big deal and um, salt in your blood affects your blood pressure in all sorts of ways that I don't have time to go into, but limiting your salt and is probably the best thing you can do for your kidneys, keeping it to under a gram, under 1.5 grams per day, reading all those labels. And in terms of reading those labels, that's really the trickiest part. People think about salt and say, oh, I don't keep a salt on my salt shaker. I don't add salt to my food but that's not the salt that gets you. The salt that gets you is the frozen foods and the canned foods and the deli meats and things like that. In fact, uh, my wife and I bought some chicken noodle soup the other day because we both like chicken noodle soup. Uh, and I said, let's read the label. Over 800 milligrams of salt per can. Right. And I try to stay under 2000 milligrams a day total. Good plan. And that makes it hard when all of a sudden your one can of soup that probably didn't fill you up just took up most of your sodium for the day. Exactly. So that's uh, why we tell people fresh things is better than frozen or better than canned if you can. Well, a lot of us were trained as kids. I don't mean to blame my mom and dad, but we were trained as kids when a meal is served, pick up the salt shaker and salt the food. <laughs> and the salt, you know, if you want to taste it first, always taste it first. And a little bit of salt isn't bad on your salt shaker. It's those cans that get you. And then looking for other flavors as well. There's look, looking at dried herbs, looking at other seasonings, just because we're telling you to limit salt doesn't mean we're telling you to eat bland food for forever. I promise. And pepper, for example, is something that adds flavor. You can add a lot of pepper. Absolutely. What about the salt substitutes? Are they okay? You know, you got to be careful with the salt substitutes, especially if you're somebody that already has kidney disease. Now, that's because the salt substitutes use potassium instead of sodium. <coughs> and I apologize. If your kidneys are doing just great, you can probably handle that. But one of your kidneys' jobs is to manage your potassium levels. So if your kidneys are already slowed a little bit down, those salt substitutes aren't a great idea either. Reach for the herbs that don't have salt substitute. You've got parsley, you've got pepper, you've got all those things. Now, potassium Garlic, is one of those onion. interesting minerals uh, because for folks who may be on a diuretic, I raise my hand, uh, there's concern about low, so, uh, low potassium. That is true. And we could talk for a whole other 20 minutes about potassium. So going to run out of time there. But if you are on diuretics, ask your doctor about potassium. And without potassium, if you have low potassium, what happens? Um, 
both high potassium and low potassium can cause arrhythmias in your heart. And that's why we, your doctor keeps a good eye on those. Uh, arrhythmia meaning a funny heart funky beat, yeah. a funky heartbeat, right? Exactly. Now we got about a minute or so left. Uh, what haven't we covered that you'd like to talk about? Um, the last thing I was going to cover was the only other is that medicines called NSAIDs are bad for your heart. Um, that's things like ibuprofen, things like Motrin. Um, I apologize, bad for your kidneys, um, limit blood flow there. So if you have aches and pains, I'm not saying never take them again, but reach for Tylenol first. So ibuprofen uh, uh, would not be the medicine of choice. Not for your kidneys, no. And for dealing with pain, acetaminophen would be the one? Um, you would want to make sure you're reading the label and not taking too much of it in a day. But yes, your kidneys would prefer that you take acetaminophen to taking ibuprofen. Dr. Charles, 30 seconds. Anything you'd like to add? So all the same things that we recommend just for well-being, making sure that you're resting, that you're sleeping, that you're getting plenty of water, that you've got a good varied diet with fresh fruits and vegetables and avoiding the salt and exercise, make sure you're getting some exercise to stay strong. And that's about it. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you being here, Dr. Herb. For Dr. Marisa Charles, I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks so much for joining us right here on WellMed Radio. Executive producers for WellMed Radio are Dan Calderon and Leah Medrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker. And associate producers are Natalie Ibera and Maurice Hudson. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.